I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to episode 110 of the award-winning Sports Gutter, presented by the Ass Family. <laughs> that was a fake laugh from John because we just tried to press record and it didn't work, and I actually got a legitimate laugh. I just wanted to get that out on the record. There was a legitimate laugh at one point in time. Uh, that is John. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? That's just that's even better than the first take. Good job. And then we also I just, have. I also I also want to point out that I waved, even though no one can see me but you. I wasn't even looking, so that could have been your secret. Even better. Fantastic. And Stu's here as well. Hi, Stu. Cashews, almonds, pecans. That's his sound check. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best. Dude, is that is that a is that a sound check that is done by professional podcasting people? Nope, I just, I have Twitter up in front of me too, and there was an advertisement from Amazon for like a, a package of nuts that you can send for joining Amazon Prime or something. So I just, <laughs> so I just started reading the nuts that were in the thing. So. Cashew, so is those, are those the three that would be given in the gift? Cashews, almonds, and pecans? Because I feel I like... Cashew, I see cashews, almonds, pecans, and it appears, oh, there's some filberts and some Brazil nuts as well. I don't know much about Filberts and Brazil nuts, but it sounds like an They're underwhelming nut nuts. package. Of the nut world. Yeah, Filberts, I think, um, if you ever have, like, uh, there's certain drinks you get at bars that have Filberts in them. Like, I believe you've heard, the popular Colorado Bulldog amongst 22-year-olds with bad intentions. I think you can get that with those. And I want to say there's another drink that features them as well, but I can't remember off the top of my head. It's okay, I wouldn't What's expect What's a Colorado to? Bulldog? Uh, Colorado Bulldog, it's kind of like a, it tastes like a root beer float, sort of, or a Coke float, even. Mm. It's basically cream, uh, vodka, and Coke. Maybe Kahlua? I'll look yeah. that up for you. I don't want to get people wrong on this, because I'll order it at the bar next time, and they'll, like, pass out. It's so great. <laughs> it's like a Colorado Bulldog, and then they just get punched in the face by the bar at dinner. Well, Which is that, that is the first thing that fills in for Colorado, by the way, not, like, anything else. It goes, oh, Kahlua... That's what I was thinking. I'm sorry. So it's kind of like a white Russian. So how are the filberts involved? Uh, they're just... garnishes. I see. Well, that sounds... Well, it actually sounds good. I like a white Russian. Yeah, racist. Let's see. 
When I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you guys a minor story that's not that entertaining. When I was at my honeymoon, John. I was at one of those all-inclusive all resort places. Ooh. And because they'll give you anything at the bars and stuff, they basically, most of, my, most of the time I drink beer. But you go to these bars and stuff, and for beer they have Corona, which I can get here, or Modelo or something like that. Yep. So it's all terrible. So I don't know much about mixed drinks, so I was just going around ordering anything I could think of. And about the second day of this, uh, my honeymoon, I hit on the White Russian as something that I could order that I like mm -hmm. and that I wouldn't make for myself at home, and I could just drink nothing but White Russians the rest of the week. So I did this for about three state days until one night we're at dinner, and I get in an argument with the waiter about whether I should have a white Russian before dinner because he says, well, it's more of a digestif and not an apertif. And I was like, that may well be true, sir, but I'm just drinking because it's free. So, and it, it turned into this long argument about whether I should or should not have a white Russian. I think I ended up with a gin and tonic instead just to make him go away because I'm from Minnesota and I'll do anything as long as nobody bothers me. Yeah. But... Checks out. Anyway, not a very interesting story, but apparently I'm just telling this for the podcast listeners who might want a white Russian before dinner, and I'll tell you. Be prepared. It's uh, DJ Steve, not Never Teeth, so go to heck. That guy sounds go like a heck. real asshole. What is it? his concern? Yeah. I think he was probably sick of people telling him what to do because he worked at an all-inclusive resort. It was probably like your 17th white Russian, too, and he was actually just telling you to <laughs> please, please calm down and put your shirt on. Sir, please stop drinking. You've had enough. And um, here's the uh, update on Colorado Bulldogs. Uh, the Kahlua was the thing I was forgetting. It's one part Kahlua, mm -hmm. one part vodka, one part cream, topped with cola. Then you play uh, Dave Matthews' uh, Crash Into Me and not get laid anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's the formal Colorado recipe. Bulldogs. That is the formal recipe. So, if you go to Minnesota School of Bartending, just make sure you bring your Dave Matthews CDs. That's, that's the key. Wow. Uh, hey, I don't think I'm going to drink hey, one of those. I pretty often still get Dave Matthews confused with Blues Traveler. Oh, Jesus. Well, that's, that's two sides of the same shitty, shitty coin. I mean, they're I like, apologize they're like top Traveler five worst ever, for yeah. sure. But they don't really oh. sound alike, which is a little odd to me, but... But they're but both they terrible. They were contemporaries, and I think they played a lot of the same before Dave Matthews got super huge. Like, was it the Horde Festival? H-O-R-D-E. Okay. I think they were, uh, like, in the little jammy, you know, we'll take a, we're going to take a 10-minute saxophone solo here. And <laughs> everyone Which... does that shitty noodle dance and pretends fish is good. Oh, yeah. A 10-minute saxophone solo sounds like the worst thing in the world until you remember that another thing that exists in the world is a 10-minute harmonica solo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are only so many things one can do with a harmonica before everyone says, that's enough harmonica for today. That's enough, John Popper. It is about 14 seconds. Probably the most annoying musical instrument. I haven't thought about this. There's probably a lot more, but at the top of my head, a harmonica. It's, no, it's, it, if it, harmonica's top two. I mean, it's got to be the top two. God, just horrifying. There's so there's probably like it's been featured on uh, the tracks about t ten billion songs, and it's been oh, yeah. good in about six of them. Yeah, like two Rolling Stones songs and four Bob Dylan songs, and then everything after that is just 
it's a guy with like a city in front of his name and then his name's a nickname. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, here comes Peoria Dave. <laughs> and he's gonna and he's gonna sit in with a band tonight and be and just ruin, you know, miss you or something. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I mean I wanna say there might be like one Springsteen song and one Neil Young song that's actually Oh, I forgot Neil Young, yeah. Is helpless he, a harmonica? Yeah, there's some harmonica in there. That's pretty good. But everything else is horrifying. Neil Young could be fronting a band consisting of a harmonica, a bagpipe, and a banjo. And you'd be like, this is pretty cool. This is actually all right. We better get this out of our system before Clarence calls in. Do you think he loves harmonicas? No, he he hates hates Neil Young. (laughs) Why does he hate Neil Young? He hates Neil Young because of that song by Leonard Skinner. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet Home Alabama made him mad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and don't tell Clarence, but the guys from Leonard Skinner actually loved Neil Young. They just thought he made yeah. a kind of a dumb point. And then they made up, and they're like, we love Neil Young. He's amazing. He's the best ever. And we agree with him on his point. He just overgeneralized. That was the, yeah. the extent of their rebellion song was like, all right, not all Southern people. And Neil Young was like, no, of course not. And they're like, all right, we're good. All right, everything's yep. fine. <laughs> that's the, we love each other. That's <laughs> the actual truth of the uh, of that saga. I really wish Clarence was here to disagree with this fact. I mean, it's not exactly like the East Coast, West Coast rap battles of the mid-90s, you know? They're like, well, we're, we're still good, right? You want to smoke a J? Yep. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, so we figured out that filberts are terrible and harmonicas are terrible. Is that right? I think that's accurate. I'll tell you what's not terrible. This giant Bucks chub I got rocking right now. I'll tell you what's not terrible. This pain segue. This perfect, perfect transition into sports. Um, I think that the the Bucks chub has been catching on throughout the city. It's spreading like wildfire, even though he hasn't exactly been, uh, been crushing it. Even though he has one hit. He has a triple and that's it. He has a he legitimately only has two hits, right? He's got a triple and an infield single. He, I think is it? Yeah, and the, and the triple it was a stand-up triple where he had to slow down. <laughs> he tripped over first base and second base, and exactly. still had a stand-up triple. He runs the. So I've always I I don't know what year it's going to be, but I hope someday there's some sort of um, virtual reality that can allow you like get in someone's body for a second and experience like. How fast? I, I just would want to know how so fast it is. So being John to... Malkovich, yes, being Byron Buxton is what you're describing right now. He is running as if somebody else has gotten into his body and has that speed, but has no idea what to do with it. Like he's falling over. He he needs he he doesn't understand his own speed, which is incredible. Because um, he's been running fast for a long time, you would think, unless there is some legitimate being John Malkovich thing going on. Should be pretty it, great. It is. It is like being John Malkovich in the sense that that's what it would look like if you or I climbed into Byron Buxton's body and had no idea how to pilot it at that speed. That's what I've been trying to say for the last 10 minutes, and I was stumbling over it. Exactly. Yep. Like, he's just, yeah, he has no balance at, any, at, at all. He doesn't know when to slow down. He just looks super goofy because he's so goddamn fast. He just has no idea. Like, whoa, here I go. As he rounded first, he was actually facing away from second base somehow. Like, both arms were out <laughs> pointing at the right field foul pole, and his shoulders were turned entirely sideways. Like, he, like first base surprised him, yeah. and he had to sort of skitter sideways to touch it because he came up on it too fast. 
it was entirely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I didn't see it live, so I had to catch it later on video. But um, pretty incredible, man. That's a that's an actual skill. You know, he's one of the few guys, and I could be wrong because I actually haven't seen the last couple games. But he's one of those guys where, and we've talked about it before. That even when he struggles, he's worth watching because you don't know what's going to happen next, offensively or defensively. And he could hit a chopper, and it's exciting. Um, obviously, any anything into the gap is going to be unbelievable to watch for the next until he gets injured, the next fifteen years, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's a rare thing for baseball because if you look at, you know, they haven't called Sano up yet, obviously, but I I would assume it'd be this year. I, I don't see these guys, any one of their. Uh, uh, hitters breaking out to a point where they, if he, if Sano does really well in the minors, they're going to call him up, right? He, he's not blocked by anybody. Um, no. And Dennis Vargas doesn't really seem like he's taking that DH position and run with him. Exactly. I know he won the game today with a home run, but. Yeah, exactly. So if he's doing well, he'll, he'll be up here this year. And I, I'm, of course, excited to see him. I'm really excited to see him. But from a, from a day in and day out basis, he's not going to be that exciting to watch in general right it's just the power that's going to be amazing to watch so um, Buxton is I truly I was talking about this with a friend I don't know when I've ever been this excited for for a rookie I mean we've had amazing rookies Um, Liriano was incredible but when he got called up we just thought he was going to be pretty good Uh, Maurer getting called up his ceiling was at the time like oh you know he could hit 275 and you know hit 10 bombs whatever I just I can't think of another time I was this I was this jazzed about a rookie. It probably hasn't happened, has it? Well, it's hard it's hard to compare to a guy who you're like, boy, I hope he hits a chopper to short and let's really see what happens here. <laughs> That's just a different level of excitement that transcends the normal excitement. It's I mean, like, even it's like uh like when Christian Guzman was like young and really fast. You know, but it's like a thousand times that. That's the yeah. only thing I can think of. I, I remember a play from about 2002 when Christian Guzman bunted against the Indians and somebody threw it up the line in a way. I was at that Juan game. Gonzalez, and they were playing Juan Gonzalez in right field, so it took yeah. him about two weeks to get over to the right field corner to pick up the ball, and Guzman circled the bases for a home run. It was incredible. I will never forget that moment. Buxton is like that, except he could just keep going on home, keep going when he reached home again and end up on second. Yep. Correct, correct, correct. So true. I, it would it would be fun just to take like Mike Pelfrey out there and line him up both at home plate and see if Buxton can get around the bases twice before Pelfrey makes it around once. Boy, I can't believe you brought up Pelfrey today of all days, John. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't. So I every time Mike Pelfrey pitches well, I'm asked to apologize by at least two and sometimes four people. Yep apologize to Mike Pelfrey for my doubting him. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. So, I, as we've talked about on this podcast before, last year I bet Mike Rand that Mike Pelfrey would not... The first part of the bet was that he had to p- pitch 180 innings. The second part was there were five categories that he had to beat the average AL starter in. And if he pitched 180 innings and beat the average AL starter in three out of those five, 
then Mike won the bet. Otherwise, I won the bet. And yep. last year, he pitched 23 innings, and even in those 23 innings, was probably the worst pitcher in the American League in all of them. Well, Mike doesn't pay his bets very well, and so it got around to the start of this year without him paying up. Of course. And finally, he just offered me double or nothing, and I said, sure, what the heck? So it's going again this year. And as I think all of the people who are asking me to apologize know, Pelfrey has pitched pretty well a couple of times. <laughs> I, think, I think this is true. I'm not certain because I haven't done the numbers yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm still winning the bet. Still. Yeah, despite despite all of these things that he's doing well, I think I'm still winning this bet. That's amazing. Because one of, one of them is strikeout to walk ratio, and Pelfrey never strikes anybody out, which also means his ex-fip is terrible. So there's two that I tend to win no matter what right there. And then it's three other ones that Rand has a chance of winning. Anyway, what I'm saying is... Even if Pelfrey continues this and doesn't put up any more 11-hit, 8 and run stinkers like he did the other day, even if he does all that, I'm still probably going to win this bet. You said um, XFIP or FIP? XFIP. Okay, I have looked up, because um, I was curious about it myself, I looked up his regular FIP mm-hmm. uh, ranking. Do you want to know what he's at? Yeah, what's he at for FIP? Uh, 69th. Out of, how, out of how many starters in the American League? I'm guessing there's there's 15 teams, so there's probably about maybe 90 guys who have started a game this year. Uh, yeah, it goes to the four. I don't have the exact number, but it looks like at least that, yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that we've got Pelfrey pitching better than he probably ever has in his entire career, and he's still losing that category. He is uh, okay. So now I'm gonna. I'm almost to XFIP. Let's see. You're just having to go down and down. Well, he's down the top twenty. XFIP. Well, the top forty. Mike Pelfrey is ninety third. <laughs> in the American League or the league? In the league. But if you think isn't of, even a sex number. <laughs> I, I mean, behind behind such amazing guys like Josh Callmenter. And John Danks. These guys are, like, kicked out of the rotation. Garrett Richards has a... No, wait. He's pretty good. Who am I looking at? Uh, Jeremy Hellickson. Terrible. Kyle Loge is doing better than Mike Pelfrey. And he's got a 6.44 ERA. So it doesn't seem sustainable. I don't know. It's a theory. It's a pet theory. Doesn't quite seem sustainable for old Mike Pelfrey. But Bucket... I, 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 it's going to be a surprise when he when he completely regresses because what's his XFIP now? Like four and a half, five, something like that. Four point five. Four point five. Yep. And his ERA is probably under three or something like that. Uh, as of Fangraphs has it at three point one eight. So maybe it wasn't. It looks like it probably wasn't updated today. Yeah, so he here's the thing. He doesn't strike anybody out. He walks a normal amount of people. He He's not an extreme ground ball pitcher, is he? No. No, sir, he is not. So there's no chance that he's going to be that good, but whatever. His ground ball percentage this year is is higher than, than the average. It's 55%, which is actually really good, but I don't think he's just always always been a i don't know maybe that's sustainable maybe he's got a sinker that we don't know about this year somehow yeah maybe he developed, developed a circle him. change you well, guys are just going to get into the ground it's certainly not helping with this xfip so uh, 
I don't really know. Um, uh, yeah, your XFIP's going to be terrible when you walk in an average amount of guys and strike out no one. So, Hard Rain's going to fall. On hard Mike Rain is going to fall. That'd Mike Brand. Just start planning up. This offseason, you're paying up, Mike. A song with a harmonica in it, by the way. <laughs> oh, nice. Good callback. Mm-hmm. We're very good at those. So, um, the Twins, uh, when we last podcasted i believe we're on pace for something like 93 wins and in one week they're now on pace for like 85 wins because it was a tough week yeah. and it's still early but so that percentage just, can drop pretty quickly just, in their credit in, in their defense they did just beat the cardinals twice and they're a very very good team reeling from didn't the accusations of cheating part of me didn't they beat them like twice in five tries they split a four game series no. We'll still take that. We still are used to them yeah, being I mean, that's, really awful. So that was, I think, that was you know after getting losing the first two in St. Louis on um, winnable games and coming back and taking two back. I thought that was actually something that could be given to their credit. I mean, we've talked yeah, about it before. We just, we're going to actually. I'll continue. Sorry. I just want them to be interesting. I don't give a shit about the playoffs in any, in any way. Just be interesting. It's, yeah, these last two games were very fun. Yep. Yep. I'll take really, it. Really, all four were. All four games. I mean, they're all like three to one and three to two. I mean, right. was, it was what I like. It's what I like to call good baseball, guys. Ooh. Is that new? Did you just think yeah. of that? Yeah, that is. I just thought of that. You know, good starting pitching, timely hitting, you know, nothing, relatively quick, brisk games. You know, I'll take competitive that. Competitive baseball. That was the most competitive. I mean, that was really, it was like competitive baseball. And it's. I believe today is June 18th. Yeah. We're so, like, I mean, we're, approaching, we're approaching the fourth month of the season, and mm-hmm. they're not terrible. We're approaching the halfway mark, and they're not terrible. Yep, they're just a little bit above average, and again, that's yeah, that's more than, I mean. Baby steps. I, predi- I, I predicted 69 wins this year. Yeah, I predicted nice 66, so. It was a nice prediction, but I think they're going to have a real bad season if they end up winning exactly sixty-six. Mm-hmm. The rest of the way is going to be real ugly. <laughs> it's going to be like, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be like thirty and seventy. Yeah, that's not good. I don't care what anybody says. That's bad baseball. That is not good baseball. Um, will you guys, after what's happened so far, will you guys be happy with like an eighty and eighty-two season? Stu, you answer. Yes. I have to run. I'll be right back. I need a beer. Okay. Yes, I would be. Uh, you'd have to. I mean, I guess maybe not because they've got all these wins in the bank now, and that would be, uh, you know, let's see if that's, gosh, yeah, that would be like a 400, 450 pace probably. Something like that, and it would be one of those things. I don't think there's, even the Royals, I don't think are going to run away with the Central or anything like that, so it would be the kind of season where they're three back and four back, and then all of a sudden they're six back and seven back. Uh-huh. And then maybe they, you know, beat the Royals a couple of times in a row and they're five back and just they're they're sort of staying in touch, but not quite enough to actually have a chance. Like it people will be talking at the trade deadline like, well, they need one more piece and they just need to get a veteran and everyone everyone will be pointing out that they they're currently eight back of the Royals and six back of the wild card and they need to jump four teams to have a chance and just that kind of sort of nothing disgusting season. It, it helps that five teams make the playoffs now because yeah. 
pretty much everybody stays in touch with the pennant race till September first. But yeah, it just feels like one of it feels like that kind of season to me. Yeah, but I would say yeah. I mean, they'll my guess they'll finish around five hundred. That's yeah. My, they end up yeah. finishing ten or twelve back or something like Which that. Which is great. Seven that's I mean, that's how much? How what was their finish? They yeah. The last couple of years, they keep finishing like forty-two back and stuff like that. So. Yeah. What was their win total last year? I cannot remember. Sixty-six? Was it sixty-seven? Almost seventy. I believe we were. Yeah. Hoping it for seventy. Kind of, like a double-digit game improvement, which is probably you know what'll happen, even if they sort of underperform now. I mean, which, that's great. A double-digit improvement with the crap sandwich they got the off-season is pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, it's their top two. Their top two starters have barely pitched this year. Maybe one hasn't because of the drugs. <laughs> the other one's hurt. I mean, you know, I, guys, maybe Ron Gardner was the problem. You know, I, it's getting. I mean, it it might be. I mean, I I mean, they didn't change a hell of a lot. No, the like, Twins won seventy games last year. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So a 10-game improvement with Tory Hunter and Blaine Boyer being your two off-season acquisitions? Yeah, I mean, And wow. half a season of Irvin Santana, assuming that he's going to do well. Is Ricky Nolasco going to pitch again this season? Um, It's hard to say. It's He's stuck in the Ricky Nolasco, like, no, I'm not on the disabled list, but I just, I'm going to have a cortisone shot in my ankle. It just is not feeling right, and... It's, I'm going to skip this start, and I'm going to skip that next start. And boy, I don't know, guys. It's The whole thing is, if he gets healthy, is he good enough to get Tommy Malone out of the rotation? How can you? <laughs> Tommy freaking Malone. Can't get Tommy Malone out of there. <laughs> guy's unbelievable. Tom Bones Malone? He can't get him out of there. <laughs> but the thing is, what, what was Gardenhire not doing to get the most out of Mike Pelfrey and Tommy Malone? I mean, gee, I, what... I don't know. It's 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 so odd. I uh, I mean, I Brand, Brandon um he's he's a stats guy, I like to say. Yep. And he's, yeah, he's he, he loves talks a lot about outliers. I think all the outliers are just kind of crashing into this team right now, but in a in a good fun crash kind of way. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, it's hard to analyze this part of the way through the season because it just totally looks and feels unsustainable. Like if mm-hmm. if Neil Allen is that his name, their pitching coach, Neil Allen. Yes. If Neil he Young. Is, yes. if if uh, if he was able to <clears throat> get this uh, performance out of Pelfrey, Malone, and Gibson, both just just weirdly outperforming what you'd expect, uh, he's a miracle worker. And if he's a miracle worker, why was he not known as a miracle worker before yeah. we? Hired him? Did he? Did he just figure something out at age seventy-seven or however the fuck old he is? <laughs> I know you would. It's you just... would think if he was this much of a miracle worker, you would have heard. Heard the twins have hired noted witch doctor Neil <laughs> yes, Allen to be exactly. their pitching <laughs> Yeah, it was. So I mean, it's. I'm just trying to enjoy the ride, you know, because it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, can you honestly get a great? these results out of those three pitchers for an entire season? I w- I've never heard of such a thing. I'm going to think about that while I go get more beer. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, wow, um, that's how that worked. Yeah, it was a uh, great question. I just blew John's mind. He had to leave. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Oh, well. <laughs> um, 
So, I don't know. I try not to look into, to analyze too much. Because then I look at this Mike Pelfrey and see that he's, he's technically, if you, you know, believe in such things like most people do, um, he is the 93rd best pitcher in baseball. Uh, Phil Hughes, I'm just seeing him, he's 77th. Kyle Gibson is 76th. I mean, this, uh, that's not looking too great for us, but fuck it, who knows? Again, they 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 don't have to give the wins back. They're they're banked. Yep, they're there. They're they're not going anywhere. They've got them. So let's so, say they're outperforming been, right now. They've gotten. Yes. I don't know. I was watching. I read uh, Jonah Carey or Rob Nye or one of them was uh, wrote an article about cluster runs or cluster luck or whatever they call it. Yep. And they're like, yeah, the Twins have already banked uh, six to seven. I forget what number it was. Six to seven wins that they shouldn't have just for the look of their team or whatever but you're right like well we get those six or seven wins those those aren't necessarily going going to we're not necessarily going to have seven heartbreaking losses immediately on the back half to get us back to zero i mean we could for from now to the rest of the year just have regular luck and instead of as we were talking about instead of 71 and whatever they're gonna win 80 games so fuck it why not we probably had bad luck all years in other years anyway so you could you could very much make that argument that they're they're just due for not having shit luck for an entire season. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, they're, and they're getting a couple of breaks this time. That's really you know, it's, that might be what can explain it as much as anything else. They're getting they're having a couple more breaks than the absolute you know shit sandwich they've had for five seasons running. Yeah, and the troops are on their way. I mean, obviously Buxton is going to be here, and your boy Max Kepler. What about your boy Max Kepler? Jeez, dude is unbelievable right now, he's and like he was drafted when he was eleven, so he's now only exactly. in ninth grade. In Germany, you're allowed to be drafted in the third exactly. grade. <laughs> he's he's the angsty teen right now who happens to be like forty eight for his last fifty two plate appearances. He was still on the other side of the wall. The wall was still up. He was in East Berlin. <laughs> They pay they pay him in blue jeans. That's how old the contract <laughs> is. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I'm writing that one down. Um, they're paying him in blue jeans. Yes, I'll take that one. Yep. Uh, put it on the board. Um, yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, but um, so yeah, there's a bunch of and, and again we talk about this. It is very obvious that not every one of these prospects is going to work out. One or two of them are going to be bust. Barrios is, is going to show up and be terrible, or Sano won't figure it out. Or I mean, we're seeing with Arcia too. We kind of saw him come up a couple years ago and at least penciled them into some role here, um, at least at this time, uh, you know, mid twenty fifteen, and it just hasn't really worked out. So, but there's enough of them where it sort of feels like if a few of them don't work out, that's fine. Um, so, I don't know. My question for you guys, and I'll ask it to Clarence if he ever uh, signs in, lazy fuck. Um, are you on Team 2016? Are you back on Team 2016? Or are you still on my program of Team two years from now? Team Ongoing. always two years from now? Team always two years from now, yep. No, I think you got to take a I think Team 2016 is more fun right now. All right, yeah. Get on board. Why the fuck not? Yeah, because 
<laughs> they they may not be good next year. Obviously, they're probably not going to get the same pitching performances out of your Tommy Malones and your Kyle Gibsons and whoever else next year. But you know what? I don't care. If they can win this year, they can win next year. And next year, we'll have the full Bucks job going. We'll have... We probably need a phrase for Miguel Sano, too, but I don't know what that'll be. We'll think about it. We'll get there. Sanoner? Mm, we can do better. Snow job? No, that doesn't make any sense. No. Well, we'll work on it. We'll workshop <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, come up with something by the time it happens, but... So, yeah, I... Team 2016, for sure. Next year should be really fun. God, you'd think so. I mean, why would it not Get be? your season tickets now, everyone. Yeah. I think I'm just giddy because they cut Tim Stover the, yesterday, and I was just pleased by that because he was terrible. You know what? I actually missed that. I did not know that. That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I, saw it, I saw it in the paper. I think it was this morning. It's like, well, they parted ways with Tim Stover. We we had high hopes he was going to work out, but he just didn't, blah, blah, blah. Just this horrible... Did they trade for him? I think they just signed him. I can't remember whether they gave up some F-level prospect for him or if they just signed him, but it was one of those things where you looked at it and thought, why would they do that? What value could could, could Tim Stouffer possibly have to any pitching staff, never mind the Twins one? And, of course, he got here, and he was just absolutely terrible, and I'm glad he's gone. Yep. Uh, good riddance, sir. Because um, he was, as I recall, he was pretty terrible in the National League. And if you're pretty terrible in the National League, you will be awful in the American League. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where you look at it and you go, well, that's not going to work. And it clearly doesn't. <laughs> you go, and you feel pretty good about it. Like, yeah, we knew that. We knew that wasn't going to work. Um but then again, we look pretty stupid for some of the other things that have been happening so far with his team. So Yeah, we said the exact same thing about Blaine Boyer, and he's lights out. So, uh, Yeah. So let me, show, let me talk to you about uh, ERA and FIP. Um, and obviously, we kind of know looking at and understanding the concepts that for the most part, through basically the history of time, FIP is more likely to tell you what how the pitcher is doing than ERA and it normalizes in time. It just doesn't really happen where someone just outperforms their FIP at all. There are blips and that's fine. And it's super fun to see, but it just doesn't happen. Do we agree on that? Should we review what FIP is for the four people who don't remember what FIP is? FIP is the projected ERA. If you remove uh, luck and the quality of defense behind you. So it really just factors in um, strikeouts, walks, and home runs because those are the things that uh, nobody can impact besides the pitcher. Um, and ERA obviously takes into account defense. It also takes into account um, uh, inherited runs that relievers luck. come in and yeah, and they they help you or they system of accounting for earned runs idiotic system i mean so judgmental and weird and and if you you know i mean if you give up a double in an inning with two outs they usually don't score if you give it up with no outs 
they usually do score. You had the exact same inning as someone, you know what I mean? The guy who gives it up a zero or two, they had the exact same inning and that turns into a run. So earned run is weird and doesn't really make sense and isn't indicative to how things are going to work out in the future necessarily. FIP is always more accurate, has been since the beginning of time. If you don't believe it, read an article and, uh, and come to us if you still don't believe it. It's the uh, we opposite. can have a conversation. It's the opposite of batting average on balls in play in the sense that batting average on balls in play is not sustainable. And when you look at a guy like Danny Santana last year who hit three fifty or whatever, and you look and you saw that seven out of ten times that he actually hit the ball had turned into a hit, you think, well, that can't keep happening. That's not how baseball works. And sure enough, Danny Santana's terrible now. And you you Fit pointed out to me you pointed that out to me a second and a half after I chose Dan Santana as my pick to click, and I immediately <laughs> dropped him and have seriously hated him ever since you said that to me because <laughs> he's the exact guy that I'm like, get the fuck away from me! You're actually bad at baseball. <laughs> and even even at the time, even Clarence who is not Mr. Stathead. No. It's like, you know that every time you hit the ball, it turned into a double last year, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason his numbers look good. Every time he actually hit the ball with his bat, it was a double. Yeah, exactly. So the interesting thing so, about FIP and ERA is if you see it lower, I guess I can't say for sure, but for the most part, if I look at it and I see that ERA is lower than FIP, it's potentially luck, but it's also could be um, really amazing defenses helping it's helping them sort of keep it constant to what it should be. The Twins, as you know, don't have amazing defense. Last I saw, they were 25th or something, or 22nd or 21st, and whatever whatever the stat guy um, uh, number was. So it's not yep. defense that's really helping them not score runs. It's just who the fuck knows, some sort of weird voodoo. I think we've just decided that Neil Allen is a, is a miracle worker, and he's yep. just an underappreciated witch doctor. Witch doctor. Um. So, uh, so looking at um, let's maybe sort this by by innings pitched. Uh, Sorting the numbers. Phil Sorting Hugh- the Excel spreadsheets, everybody. Phil Hughes has a four point seven nine. His FIP is four point five nine. So he is as bad as you thought that he's been this year. Yeah. Um, he's just sort of lost Except it. We thought he was going to be good. Thought he was going to be good. He's always been a fly ball pitcher, so he's just going to he's at the whims of whoever the wind is blowing that day. Um, last year, the fly balls just didn't go out, and this year they've been going out like crazy. So um, Phil Hughes, Phil Hughes, this year is the classic case of the when predicting the team. Everybody who was good last year will be equally good or better this year. Everyone who was terrible last year will improve. Nobody looked at Phil Hughes and was like, he is probably going to regress. He is not going to have the most amazing strikeout-to-walk ratio in the history of Major League Baseball again. He's probably going to be Phil Hughes, who Phil Hughes always is. Yeah. But everyone was like, nope, nope, he is an ace. Pen- He's got it figured out. He is a staff ace. He will continue to do this for the foreseeable future. Take it to the bank. He was on the paper the other day like, listen, none of my pitches are doing anything. I'm just getting by on sheer luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he can't throw the ball as hard anymore. None of his breaking pitches are breaking. He's just throwing fastballs and hoping. Yep. Okay, so going through our five starters right now, uh, one guy, Phil Hughes, is bad, and he actually look, he looks like he's bad, and he actually is bad. So there you go. Uh, moving down to our uh, number two in innings pitch, Kyle Gibson. 
ERA of 3.33, FIP of 4.41. So it is way worse than than actually showing right now. <laughs> Not at all a good pitcher. He is, as we talked about, I think 78th or 80th in FIP, and uh, clearly a lot higher than that in ERA. So I think a hard rain is going to fall on old Kyle Gibson as well because he strikes out. God damn it, there it is again. What? <laughs> I just got to keep doing my callbacks with our harmonica. If a hard rain's going to fall, and specifically the harmonica part is not the outro music of this podcast, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, we'll see. It'll be a I'm, desolation row at this point. I'm pretty fucking lazy. So bad <laughs> news for Kyle Gibson. We already talked about Mike Pelfrey. ERA of 3.1, FIP of 4.1. Uh, bad news for him. Trevor May is opposite. He's got a 4.2 ERA, and his FIP is actually 3.1 which is still not amazing because he's like 45th in the major leagues, but he's a legitimate, decent pitcher, which is great. Wait, is, his FIP is 3.1? 3.1 FIP, yeah. Isn't that excellent? Well, it, it would be excellent every other year, but these past couple of years, no one's scoring runs anymore. So. No, that's true. I yeah, I mean... that pitchers have ERAs under three again. Yeah, I mean, I six remember, years ago, I he'd be a Cy Young candidate. It was basically Pedro Martinez always had a 1.4 ERA, and nobody else was under four. If you were in the threes, it was a miracle. As opposed to when I was a kid on the baseball cards, you'd see, oh, this guy had a 3.23 ERA. They should it's probably solid get three, him. Solid three starter, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I mean, there's a case to be made that Pedro's 99 and 2000 seasons were like the best pitching seasons of all time. Yeah, Pedro was, he was something else, for sure. Yep, yep, for sure the best I've ever seen. I don't know, I mean, I would love to have somebody be better than that, but I don't know, people talk, like 10 years older than us, talk about Dwight Gooden and how amazing he was those few years, and yeah, Pedro's just our generation of like, right in the sweet spot of like, when I cared about baseball the most, when I was like 17, 18 years old, to just count on every single one of his... I mean, it seemed like it, and it probably was isn't too much of an exaggeration. But every single one of his appearances uh, is going to be just amazing to watch, and it's just going to be mind-boggling what he does. And it happened every time they were on ESPN. You'd watch it, and he was incredible. So, all right, let's dial in Clarence here. Clarence, get him on the sportive hotline. Great, he is probably going to be very excited. Oh, come on, come on, come on, Mrs. Swamptown. Hello, Mrs. Swamptown. Fuck! God damn it! Over again. Are you ever gonna just throw us a bone and and let the missus answer the phone? No, that that won't happen. Never. One night, Brandon, you and I should get on get on the Googles here and just call Clarence's house while we're recording, just to see if someone other than him picks up. Because we'll know when he's gone. Yeah, we know that he's we'll usually just follow him on Twitter. Oh, he's in Wisconsin. Let's call his house. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. He's gone every night. <laughs> He's carting his kids around. <laughs> Poor Clarence. Right now, Clarence is regretting everything he's ever done in terms of this podcast. Why yeah, did I? Know. Why did I let them have my, have my number? It's <laughs> uh, a long list. We used to call each other's works all the time and leave voicemails. I totally forgot your number, though. I'm very sad about that. And you don't have mine yeah, anymore, yeah. so I don't. No, give, I don't. I don't give I that out. After you, I know some. I know some people. <laughs> I know some people at the big blue box. I, I could figure it out. 
I have been at Best Buy for 10 months now. I have not once answered my work phone, and I have purposely still not learned how to check my work voicemail. <laughs> I have a red blinking light. I've got voicemails on there, and I just have no idea what to do about them. Somehow I make it. So we, <laughs> so we have, you know, we have the instant message system for work like everybody does now. But I have one coworker who refuses to get on there because he says it's distracting or something like that. Hello. So my phone, my phone exists exists entirely to call that guy's desk Good. and to receive messages from him when he's gone. He's my favorite employee. Oh, I hate that guy. God, that's awesome. Phones are bad. They're Phones intrusive. Are bad. You have to talk to people on them. <laughs> They're very intrusive. You're like you just like ring him up. You like say, "Hey, Dick Van Dyke's boss. How's it going?" <laughs> Uh, that's a really good joke that is a really good joke Clarence we are running down the starting pitching of the Minnesota Twins to see who's been lucky and who's been unlucky so far between ERA and FIP okay been a barn burner so far what we're saying is Trevor May unlucky everyone else so lucky and Phil Hughes just as bad as you think he is yeah Phil Hughes exactly as bad as he should be. So we've got Phil Hughes bad, Gibson and Pelfrey uh, hilariously lucky, Trevor May unlucky, and now we get to Tommy Malone, who if you thought Gibson and Pelfrey had been lucky, check this motherfucker (laughs) out. He's got a 3.67 ERA and a 5.29 FIP. He's one of the worst fucking pitchers in the majors. (laughs) Wow. He's giving up more home runs than Phil Hughes. Uh, his left on base percentage is sky high, and his BABIP is is incredibly low. Bad, bad pitcher, guys. Tom Malone, I love you, buddy. You need to change something. You have so, zero hitters. This year. <laughs> Essentially, you're saying this isn't sustainable. Well, we don't. I mean, it. it I don't know. I guess it depends on. No, maybe not for the next few years. These guys are probably bad, but there's been teams who have just like ridden some hot streak for the entire year and stayed lucky. I mean, wasn't it, didn't that happen to the Orioles a couple of years ago where they were just really? legitimately a bad team and they somehow got into the playoffs? So fuck it, yeah, this there, happens once every a couple, couple of years. Teams yeah, it happens. Where you looked at them overall as a team, where they you know they gave up a hundred more runs than they scored and. They were forty-two and one in one-run games. And yeah. They lost every other game by seven. Yeah, there are teams like that every so often, but I think I think we're headed for exactly what happened with the hitting. Where three weeks ago we were like, "Well, I think in a couple weeks we're going to be hearing stories about, well, we just don't know what's going wrong. I'm not exactly sure what's happening. We're doing the same things. How can the whole team slump at the same time? That kind of thing. I think we're headed for the same thing with the pitching." Where it's like, wow, how did everybody put together three bad starts in a row? Anyway, the Twins have lost 13 straight. Yeah. But you know what? This happens every few years, and I just have a couple questions for you fellas. Why not us? (laughs) Why not now? now? So what you're saying is you still, even after the last couple (laughs) weeks, you still sort of have flushed in the face little... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kind of sniffles, a little bit dizzy maybe. I think I'm over it and then I just, you know, get go on some... You know, I sneezed 17 times in a row, and I'm like, God damn it, is it, is it still here? I thought it kicked it. fever gets its hooks in, it, it does not let go. Yeah, it's the one of those. It's probably the shape. bird flu, I think. I'm not positive. Uh, last note on pitching, because um, this has not been a very fun segment, and I understand that. Uh, Rocky Nabisco, our favorite, has an ERA of 5.5. He has a FIP of 2.8. He's been very unlucky. It's only been 30 innings, so it doesn't really mean much of anything. But uh, poor Rocky Nabisco. That's my point. That poor guy. Well, I just don't know what to say about that. I know, I know. You I wanted him Nabisco. to be, yeah, you wanted him to be really terrible. But no. Nope. The six starts every year that he's healthy for, and he just can't catch a break. Sad. It's a it sad, sad story. Um, so Clarence, I, uh, I had committed to asking you this question and I think I know the answer, but I just want to confirm, are you still 26 team 2016? Yeah. You're feeling it, right? You feel good about it? I do. Yeah, sure. So let's talk about, um, so right now there are six pitchers. If we count Rocky, um, what, who of those six are going to be here next year and be contributors? Because, it could fall apart for a few of them pretty quickly. Yeah, but pretty much all of them are signed for next year, right? Pelfrey it's, not like, is, it's not like four of them are free agents or anything. Well, Pelfrey will be gone, right? So that's... Theoretically. And there's no uh, way Tommy Malone sticks in the major leagues as a starter. That's... That, I'm if, sorry. Uh, Neil Allen's great, but that can't happen. The Dodgers finally succumb to Terry Ryan's daily phone calls begging them to take Nabisco off the Twins' hands. <laughs> I know Terry calls them every day. It's, uh, LA's got the Dodgers' front office has caller ID, and they just see T.Ryan. Oh, fuck. 8 a.m., you know, <laughs> every day. He's calling from his call. wife's phone. Mary Ryan. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we know who Mary Ryan is, you moron. Hey, would you guys like to <laughs> like to trade for Rocky Nabisco? Terry, we know it's you. <laughs> nice to have you. More. That's a horrible exit, Terry. <laughs> How did you guys know it was me? Well, I don't know why you're an Italian pizza chef now. But, it's uh, a me, Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> and he called Collect, too. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he probably won't be around. But I just, it's... 2016 does sound fun to me, but I also feel like this entire starting rotation needs to flip over and have 
mostly new guys. Well, as there's part always of injuries. There's always all kinds of things. You got Gibby. <laughs> there's always somebody, no... getting, somebody getting suspended for steroid use. There's always that, of course. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Irv coming back. We haven't talked about Berrios coming up. Um, it, they could just well, look wildly different next year. And also, could the lineup could as well. So it's... I love the idea of 2016. I want to get into that with you guys. It's just... It's weird to have a competitive team right now and also know that a year from now it could look... It probably won't, but it could look totally different. Well, I think everybody is either under team control or under contract for next year, except for Mike Belfry, So, mm-hmm. Even the position players, I'm trying to think. The current starters, you only got Tory. that's... Yeah, Tory's a free agent. I'm actually looking at it right now. I'm not even Brian saying Dunn. because they're free agents. I'm saying some of these guys could be so fucking terrible that they could be gone just by yeah. being bad. Well, of course, yeah. There's a number of non-tender candidates, let's say that. That's, well, yeah, that is my point. I'm not worried I'm going to lose some of these guys. I'm worried we're yeah. going to have to let them go. Like, when Tommy Malone comes up next year and he's like, well, hey, oh. you guys want to make me an offer? No, I think we're good, Tommy. Go ahead. and oh, Is Tom Malone a, he's a trade deadline candidate then? But no, they might, they might be in the hunt him. and sell. Nobody wants Tommy Malone. Nobody wants Tom Malone. Well, what are they going to do? They're just going to hold on to him the whole season long and then non-tender him? Because they're not going to tender him a contract. Well, they might be able to trade him for Sam Fold, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Back again? He that would be it. It actually would make me very happy if they swapped him back for Sam Fold. Yeah, say like, nobody is going to want Tommy Malone. He wasn't even starting last year, and the Twins traded for him. So there's always a market for a guy like Tom Malone. Yeah, but, but the we're the stupidest. One to the Twins. <laughs> yeah, we're the morons here. We're we're probably the just call suckers. It's just the Phillies. They it's us and the Phillies. Born every minute, but it's us. But we oh, keep hiring those suckers. suckers. Those suckers are not hired there's by other, other teams. Out there too. It's I us and the it Phillies. It feels like we're the only ones, but we're not. <laughs> you are not alone. There are others there with you. The Brewers are bad. Are they stupid? Hold your miles apart. You good one. I got gotcha. you. You are not alone. Oh my god! Like a Wait, songbird. Have the dad band play that, Wade. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I'd like to believe in this rotation. Trevor May is a number three starter. That's the best I can say about yes. the entire thing. I we got that number three starter role locked down for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Well, in any event, it'll be... Uh, Does anyone know how Alex Meyer is doing in AAA? Oh boy, that's not a good uh, question for radio. Have they moved him? Have they moved him to middle relief yet? <laughs> that's that's my concern. Ugh. I'd like to hear from someone that Alex Meyer has gotten it straightened out and can find the plate at Triple uh, so A. Every time he pitches, he'll get a thing that he's doing fine. I haven't heard that he's like blown, that he's done poorly. Now that All right, he's got a five point seven six ERA at Triple A. Oh but, boy. Well, no, that's. He started a whole bunch. Now they moved him to the bullpen. So how has he done since then? Is yeah, he slice and dice yeah, that correct. data immediately while we're here. Yeah. I, I'm just going to click on one thing on Baseball Reference, and if it doesn't tell me that, I'm done. That's fair. That's fair. I understand that. It didn't work. <laughs> Hans, well. Hans, we need you. You gave it a whirl. Let's pause this and dial him in as well. 
Um, we do need Hans here for pretty much every one of these. Every time we talk about stats, we need Hans here to be like, no, that is a misinterpretation. And that's not actually how you use that stat. And, John, you're on hockey reference right now. That's not going to help you with this baseball discussion. That would be two-thirds of the podcast would just be him correcting us. Yep. Would it's be like when we have Josh Fiedler on and we're talking about the Vikings. We say, so I remember they had a guard on the team, and he's like, actually, they cut him in 2011. And then so, he'll like talk shit about Mark Rosen for half an hour. Yeah. Josh Josh has far too much actual information to be on the podcast very often. Uh-huh. It's a Pre- real blow to my self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Any other Twins things you guys care to talk about? No. I think I'm just waiting to get to the NBA Finals for a topic. I want to talk NBA Finals. Let's hear it. What do you got? What do you want to talk about? I watched I just, them all. I watched every minute. Almost. I, in this one quarter. I did not. I The only game that I watched was Game 5, and I was just unbelievably struck by the fact that if you had started at the start of these finals and said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put all the players in one pot. And all right, LeBron, you're the captain of this team. Steph Curry, you're the captain of this team. Now, Steph Curry, you get the first 11 picks. <laughs> and then we'll let LeBron start picking players. Yeah. The teams would have been exactly the same. Yeah. Like, for most of game, for most of game five, which is the one I watched, it was Imam Shumpert, who might have been the worst player in this series. He really was. He was fucking terrible. Matthew Delavadova, who actually was the worst player in this series. Like, it was, he was like, if you took a random college player, like, you took the whole universe of Division One college players and drew a name out of the hat and was like, Matthew Delavadova, come on down. <laughs> You're playing in the NBA Finals with LeBron. Undrafted St. Mary's. Matthew Delavadova. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to guard Steph Curry for this series. So congratulations, you're going to look like a moron the whole time. So you got Shumpert, you got J.R. Smith. Oh, it's just a remarkably terrible team. Like you could almost you could you would have some trouble selecting a worse team. Tristan Thompson might be the least physically talented basketball player I've ever seen. Like giving him the ball anywhere but at a place he could just reach up and drop the ball in the hoop was a mistake. He was also their That's second best player. I know, and he was legitimately the only useful player beyond LeBron. He was, and the fact that that series went to six games and none of the games were eighty-five point blowouts is just absolutely surprising. You know what's incredible is if you took LeBron off that Cavaliers team, uh, and you had that team face the Timberwolves, the worst team in the league, the Timberwolves would have fucking murdered them. It would have mopped the floor with him. It would have been a four-game sweep. It wouldn't have even been within 10 points. Rubio, Wiggins, Martin, Pekovic when he's healthy, Jang, these are all better players than what LeBron had to deal with. In the fucking finals, it's incredible. We won't see anything like that again for a while. My guess. That's my guess, at least. Well, yeah, I mean, mean, think of the, the terrible luck. I mean, just losing Love and then Kyrie in the first game of the finals. I mean, it's just... And Verjao, who is not amazing, but he's still a solid contributor. Like those are and four great, of your top seven great guys. Hair. Amazing hair, great hair, one of the best. Right show Bob. Yeah, um, yeah. You, I mean, it's it's incredible to 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 have somebody get knocked out of the playoffs in general is pretty crazy because basketball doesn't really happen. To have it be a, a star happens every once in a few years. 
have two of them on the same team in the same year is, yeah, it's astronomical. It's crazy, but it led to a lot of drama, obviously. Um, I'm a big LeBron fan, so I was cheering for them like crazy. And even at my most um, impressed, when they start, when they went up to one, I was like, uh, they're going to lose in six. I mean, there's no way that this that they even win one more game because it was just so no. insane. And they didn't, and they were barely close. And they kept it close in most of these games until the fourth quarter when, when LeBron was so exhausted playing the entire game. He's like, hey, uh, I'm going to pass it to JR. Hey, see if you can... Oh, the ball's stolen. Dunk. Okay, I'm going to throw <laughs> it into Tristan Thompson. Brick. Transition. Oh, layup. Shit. Layup. Fast break dunk. Okay. Now, fuck it. I'm going to hold on to it again. There was a sequence at the... I think it was the end... Maybe the middle of the fourth quarter in game five when the Warriors grabbed like four straight offensive rebounds. And the best part was you could see LeBron just like exhaustedly running around trying to corral the ball while all other four Cavaliers just stood there watching it bounce over their heads. Yeah. It was just... It was like four posts were on defense, and LeBron was running around having to move them in front of players. Like, all right, I, I guess, okay, I'm going to move you over here. I'm going to move you over here. And just trying to guard the Warriors that way. It was it was a remarkable one-person performance with four players who were actively making him worse. So he took breaks for like 30 seconds at a time and would go right back into the game, right? So he didn't play the <laughs> entire thing. He would always would take these breaks. But I saw a statistic after yeah. the series was over. In, those, in, uh, in the series, if you looked at the backcourt of the Cavs, so uh, Delavadova, Shumpert, Smith, Jones, whoever else you know were considered in the backcourt, when LeBron was on the bench, they were 0 for 21 shooting. Not one person made a goddamn basket once in six games. So he'd sit down, obviously, get some Gatorade and try to chill out. And then, like, clank, 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 nine straight points for Golden State. And he's just back up again. Like, you stupid motherfuckers. Somebody make a basket. So that's why he played 47 minutes a game because he couldn't he couldn't leave. It'd be a blowout. They would take him out with a minute 20 left in the quarters, and the announcers would be like, I don't know. I don't, That's a lot of time yikes. for Golden State four points. <laughs> yeah. And Cleveland would be down by four, and then at the end of the quarter, they'd be down 12. <laughs> yeah, it was just... LeBron it, would come back on and just bring them crawling back to within four, and then he'd have to sit down again. Whoops, we're down 17. Yeah, it, it was it was really incredible that they even. I mean, I'm I'm really happy that I got to six games, um, just because it was it was more fun even to watch some of the blowouts. Um, and uh, I was just a little bummed in general, and a lot of people are uh, sort of thinking that. So I I'm just bummed that not that Golden State won it, but they didn't have to go through the Spurs or the Clippers, and all the teams they played were injured. Not I don't I don't think that's like they got lucky by any means. I think they probably would have won everything anyway. They were the best team, but. I'm just bummed as a fan that we didn't get to see those matchups. Like, if you looked at this, at least this Western Conference, this is there's arguments to be made. It's the best uh, um, conference in NBA basketball history. And for that playoffs to happen, it's like, oh man, what a just untimely injuries by a bunch of really important guys and teams. So, um, ideally, next next year should be classic. Can you imagine how fascinating this finals would have been if Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving weren't hurt? If all three of those guys that were on the floor and just see if the Warriors could get through LeBron plus those two, that would have been legitimately fascinating. I, I wanted them to get through. One, I honestly think Cleveland would have won. They, yeah, I, I just wanted to see Look how close they got with LeBron and shit. Yeah, absolute shit. 
They took him to six. LeBron on his peak of his powers like this, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd like to think he's a superhuman, so who knows? Maybe he'll be just as good next year. I, yeah, I think most people that are have, are smarter at basketball than us are like, you're not going to see anybody that good again for a really long time, including LeBron. Like he just left so much of himself out there that um, he might not be quite as good next year. Um, so it would have been incredible to see, but I would have liked the Warriors to to go through the Grizzlies like they did, but with Conley and Houston like they did, but with Beverly and then Cleveland like they did with Love and Irving, just to see the battle that would have been. Because yeah, I mean it was it was a really fun uh, playoffs, but man, it could have been amazing. But all in all, though, yeah, it was great. I'm uh. So now, now the finals is over. Now basketball is over. We can start getting excited about Carl Anthony Towns going to the Timberwolves. Are you right? excited? Well, Do you we, think it's going to happen? From tonight, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, John Calipari came out today and said that Carl Anthony Towns loves Minnesota. What do you want him to say? I don't know. Don't take him, him say, first. I want him to say Flip Saunders has called me personally and told me that I'm going to take this guy. You know, I didn't know. Didn't I want no one to Flip took the guy from Ohio State to the uh, Twins game today, didn't he? Yep. Uh, D'Angelo Russell? Yeah. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell. Pretty weird. What on earth would make you... So, it's just odd because is Flip trying to sell him on Minnesota? Which is kind of weird because Flip, as a reminder, has the first pick. He doesn't need to sell anybody on anything. And Russell was it, maybe, probably, pers- was it maybe a date? Was it like a personal thing? It could be. It would make I, more sense I, I than anything know. else. I just can't imagine the awkward yeah. conversation between those two of like, I might hire you, but I might not. Who knows? It's like, okay. Can I leave? I don't want to be here. <laughs> I have been um, hedging emotionally, as I, as I tend to do, especially with the Wolves, that they're not going to take Towns that, just because that's then even if I'm sad, I'll at least be right because, you know, we'll take somebody else. But uh, Barrero today said that he thinks for sure it's going to be Towns. And he's, you know, his his anonymous source is obviously he's just texting with Flip. Yes. Clearly. So <laughs> I'm just imagining Flip texting Barrero and being like, off the record, it's going to be Towns. <laughs> then like closing his Flip phone that he's just T9 texted on. been like, yep, that was good. There we go. That's good information right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, I'm good at this PR thing. In fact, fire my PR director. I'm in charge of PR for this franchise now, too. Uh, yeah. So that's the first time, honestly, that I've started to to just a little bit let myself believe that they might pick Towns. Um, and if they do, I'm going to be a very happy man. It'll be very exciting. That's uh. Uh, one of the luckiest people on the planet right now is Flip Saunders for falling ass backwards into Andrew Wiggins and uh, being so bad that he got the first pick in a draft where the guy at the top is a good player and the exact player that they need for this franchise. You know, that's not going to happen uh, 99 times out of 100, a guy falling into that situation. Even if he's more competent than we think Flip is, uh, that just can't happen in general, taking over a team. So... um Think about how many times the Timberwolves have tried to fall into some amazing player coming to the franchise and how many times it hasn't worked. How many Derek Williamses they've drafted and Wes Johnsons and 
Christian Leitners. They've this has happened so many times where they've been abjectly awful, and this is the first time they've managed to actually back in to someone good. I mean, you play this scenario out a hundred times with an amazing GM, like an an incredibly smart GM who comes to the team and goes, well, I've got one superstar in in Kevin Love who wants to leave, and that's pretty much fucking it to turn that into uh, the next superstar uh, has never really happened. I mean, you look at the trades of like Carmelo Anthony and Darren Williams and whatever, they didn't get shit for them, and they were good GMs. Um, so to get lucky that way and then get the first pick the next time at a position of need, um, yeah, it just, it just can't happen. So it can't happen with a smart guy and it happened to a dumb guy, which is just amazing that this is working out. Like, uh, of course he's, of course he's going to fuck it up because he's coaching. So, I mean, we, we know that I think everybody who's ever listened to us before knows that we understand that, uh, the Timberwolves are still demonstrably fucked for the foreseeable future, but that being said, what a lucky run this guy's been on. It's it's incredible. And I'll take it. I'm fucking I'm stoked about it if they because even the worst case the nice thing about this is um okay, Okafor I think would probably be a disaster. Not a disaster, but the bat, the wrong pick in general, but Russell is a great player. He could be really good next to Rubio. So, um there's a lot of ways this could go um and still be pretty happy next Thursday night. So, um so yeah, towns cool. are nothing. Towns are nothing. That's the only way I'm going to be happy. Good, good. That's fair. You know, it's kind of fun when we're just talking. I like clicking on the thing that just lets me watch Stu's face because he always just has his brow furrowed. Like, what in the hell is going on right now? Well, every what time are I these guys talking about, I get done. We we press stop, and I have to edit all that sort of post stuff. And then I go on to Twitter before I go to bed and I realize that Stu and Clarence have tweeted like 75 times a piece during this <laughs> conversation. It's, it's actually very impressive how, how you guys can multitask because I, I am not able to do that. Oh, there's no multitasking. Just doing one task. Are <laughs> oh, you guys talking about the NBA? Eventually. Good night. <laughs> I just, you know, doing the work, working my plan. Clarence, did you watch one minute of the NBA Finals? Not, not a, not even where like, whoops, I'm going from ESPN to TNT, and I accidentally. You didn't even accidentally land on it. Didn't even accidentally. No. If you're at a bar uh, out to at your Western Wisconsin bar crawl, and you end up at sure. uh, um, Dave's Lodge in fucking Siren, Wisconsin, or whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. you're sitting there with Irv, uh, and he's got his visor on, and you're at the bar, mm-hmm. and a game is on on the on the solo TV, uh, and it's and it's hoops. Do you do you even glance at it? I mean, how how big is your hatred of of the sport of basketball? I'd ask Kira to change the station. And she's busy. She's she's got some other guy just no. giving her hell. Is it just no. Kara? Get over here. And turn no, that fucking it would be, TV. If she's busy, then you just go grab the remote and change it yourself. So you have like a you have an actual hatred of the sport. No, no, not a hatred. No, I have zero interest in it. Oh, okay. Do any not of your children play basketball? No. Okay, we got lucky that way. 
Is that be a I, we have a basketball hoop that was here when we moved in. You just and, you know shoot BBs at it. They'll go throw like a ball through into it, <laughs> and so I suppose that's a form of basketball. But <laughs> I'm just imagining somehow all three of your kids standing in the driveway with a basketball between them, looking at the basketball hoop well, with, no, hockey, with not hockey an actual basketball. <laughs> yeah. We don't have an actual basketball. Like a, it'll be like a softball or. You know, some other random type of ball that they will have to throw. So you are this house. You will not ever walk in this house with a <laughs> basketball or a bag of rice or no. You can, you or can a walk Chipotle in this house with the basketball. You would. I, I hope you stole it from somebody. I didn't buy it. For and then you. we'll just immediately or, uh, deflate it <laughs> to eradicate the country of basketball. I don't. I. Like college basketball, the golfers, I cheer for them. Oh, okay. I don't hate basketball. Yeah. The NBA does, doesn't do anything for me. Can we can we talk hockey for a second? Because I want to know if Clarence is sad about the Wild buying Mac Cookout. I didn't know what happened. It's happening. Does I don't that mean he's moving yet, for sure, or is this like a restructuring sort of deal? No, it means they're going to buy out his contract and he can't play for them anymore. Oh, Wait, Damn it! Is he, one of the, is he one of the good guys, or one of, was he the, like the thug guy? No, he's the evil guy. Okay. He's so he's a he's a nice guy in real life. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna oh, miss him. He's really a good guy. He's he's not a thug at all. He would never knee a guy and knock him out for the rest of the playoffs. He's not that kind of player, guys. I think is he's this something they announced, or is this just a rumor? Um, this is something that I gleaned from checking Twitter in the middle of the day today. So I think we can take this as solid fact. And are they using that exception or whatever you want to call it, that rule yeah, th- where they can buy out? I, I think I, I think today was the opening day for contract buyout scenarios. Okay. So huh. I think that's what's happening. Oh, it's fine. They put they him, it. What I remember is they put him on waivers which they have to do because they're about to buy him out, as I recall. So they, they're up against the cap if they want to do anything. They need to move some salary. If they have depth anywhere, it's at left wing, maybe at defense. I mean, I suppose you could say defense, too. But at the forward, at the forward positions, left wing is their deepest position. So uh, he's expendable. They need the money. Remember That's at the start of last year when we were talking when – they put him on the third line, and we said, or the second line. Second. We said, second "Why line. would they do? Why would they do that?" And they said, "Well, he can skate in a straight line awfully well." Oh God, he's a spe- he's like a speed skater in a straight line. He's great. The turns, not so good. In a sprint, he'd be fine. Turning is hard. Bubble hockey, USA Team yep. USSR. He'd be <laughs> he'd be great. He'd be your perfect left wing, just up and down the track. <laughs> Press the boo button. <sighs> Man, I love bubble hockey. It's pretty fun. Yeah? I still want to get one like in my basement. I haven't gotten into it. I mean, I'm fine with it, but I just haven't really gotten into the the subtleties and the nuance of bubble hockey. Of bubble hockey? (laughs) I don't know how to play it. There's got to be some sort of passing techniques and goalie this way, that way. Is it just straight like just... Okay. Foosball into into bubble hockey. Bubble hockey is all about just spin the fuckers as fast as you can. Okay, and all get right. that fuck up the ice, just, just shoot it. And actually, passing, physically pick up the bubble hockey machine if you can and tilt it in your direction. 
there's no it's brute forcing and ignorance there's no nuance to bubble hockey so it's like kind of like air hockey just fucking hit it and hope something works out it's even yes. more just even more brutish even more caveman than air hockey i think so then i do like it and i'm good at it cuz that's what i do and i was always nervous that i was missing something no great no that's awesome it's good to hear uh, John, did you have anything else to talk about with the wild? No, I don't. As far as I know, there's no other wild news going on. I just happened to see the the Matt Cook thing today and wanted to, wanted to check in with Clarence. I wanted to talk a little hockey since I had such a long, boring point to oh, make. I, I, had, I was staying away from Twitter today as far as I could get from any... From any social was that because yesterday you were trying to make Mike Rand cry? <laughs> no, no. Today is just not a good day to be on social media. Not, not for me. Oh, because of the real world news? Yeah, I just it's not it's not for me. Let's it's not why I on. not why I'm on Twitter is for that. But that's fine. That people that's why others are, and they can have at it. I'll just be over here. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just I'm telling you. I, I didn't see a lot of news today because I'm just going to stay away from it. Uh, today, as most days, but even worse today, the news was bad. The news is always bad. That's how that works. Stay away from news. Yep. Bad news. Yes. Um, yep. My wife colored her hair. Ooh. Really? What did she go with? Just platinum uh, blonde. Well, she, uh, it's, 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 it's been a process. Uh-huh. Um, she went uh, blonde on Monday. And it really didn't take. It was more of a strawberry blonde. Well, so why she, wouldn't that take? There's just nothing wrong with she want, but she wanted it, to be no, a. No, no, it didn't. She wanted it to be blonde, blonde, and it went strawberry blonde. So she hmm. did another blonde, and it stayed strawberry blonde. So it's been, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a rough couple of days here, hair wise. Oh no, the Newman household oh, no. at the Newman headquarters. Oh, yeah, um, my condolences. Yeah, to yeah. Um, but but tonight she got like a. Got a darker color and it went it went dark and it looks really nice. Oh, good. So, well, that's um, good. All right, Mandy. You want to like get um <clears throat> the people listening to this? Um, her Twitter handle is at um the cms one t h e c m s and the number one. Let her know and that why, the hair turned out. Let her know that because uh, she's the comely Mrs. Stu. Yep. And um, just let her know the hair turned out real nice. It looks good. It looks really good. Very sharp. And she's running a, the Grandma's Half Marathon on Saturday. Oh, and, Grandma's um, Weekend. I forgot about that. It is Grandma's Weekend, yes. Um, I think the Rams are running the full one, and uh, Mandy's running the half with uh, my um, in-laws. So you're heading up there? No, actually. I'm volunteering at Rock the Garden with Celia, my oldest daughter. Oh, that'll so be fun. I'll, I'll be there. Mandy will be at the uh, Grandma's marath- Half Marathon. And I think our youngest daughter, we're just going to give her to the gypsies because she's. Oh, no. we don't have, <laughs> she is artsy. No, she's. That's a learning experience. She is artsy. She'll figure no, that's something a slur. Out. I shouldn't have said gypsies. Um, but she's uh, going to a friend's with a friend in their cabin or something. So, so she, oh, your God. wife has an, uh, a run, and you're going to an outdoor concert, and the forecast yeah. is calling for 1,000% chance of rain. It is supposed to rain all day. All day. All Noah's Ark situation. Yep. Fuck. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, do you, does anyone actually sell galoshes, like, besides Mills Fleet Farm? Oh, probably, probably somebody on Craigslist. He'll fucking murder yeah. you afterwards, but. 
all that. Oh, you can go to Phil's meat farm. Get some uh, get some rubbers at at Phil's. Go to food and stuff. (laughs) Food and stuff for sure has it. Your emphasis on saying rubbers, Clarence, and you know I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Get a slicker, get some rubbers, it's all going to be fine. But yeah, I'm, that's, I will be, if you are going to rock the garden, and I know we do have some, you know, modern rock listeners in the audience, uh, I will be working on the uh, recycling and composting area from 1 to 4.30, so come say hi. Delightful area. Stop, stop by the garbage bin. Can yeah, I, I'm just going to bring a bunch, I got a bunch of used paint cans, <laughs> or is that not really what this is? <laughs> We can, we can actually tell you where to put those. Just a garbage bag of up. batteries. We have an exhaustive list of where that stuff goes. It's Bunch a little barbed yeah. wire This is a wheelbarrow go. full of double A's. Where should I take these things? <laughs> pick up full of, of buckthorn. Hey, can I drop this off here? Sort of like a hundred old fluorescent light bulbs. <laughs> a couple old tires. <laughs> oh, that would be great. What a weekend. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'll be there on Saturday, um, and the missus with her new hair will be running a half marathon. And then that, that, that the fun part about that for her is that it's before the regular marathon, so she's got to be in frickin' two harbors um, way early. I think that race starts at 6.30, and you got to oh. be there well or way earlier than that. So, I mean, she's and then that there. ends, so that yep. ends in, in downtown Duluth? Yep. Okay. I think yeah. I want to, it probably starts around Betty's Pies. It's only a, a thir- only thirteen miles of run. <laughs> the thing um, I like about half marathons versus pies, full marathons is <clears throat> I feel like people who do full marathons are like they're like a half inch shorter by the time they finish, and they're miserable and sad. They'll be happy, you know, a little bit later. But the people who do the 13 yeah. miles immediately go out and just get shit-faced, and they party and have fun. Oh, yeah. So that's why I've always wanted to target that half. I'm also a pussy, so yeah. I would never think <laughs> of doing a full a full marathon, but that's what I like about the half. Someday. Yeah. And not, yeah, not not for me. I, I, I've got Howie's knees, so I'd, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm loath to run. Um, I do my treadmill and, you know, all that stuff, but... I am loath to get into the actual racing. It just seems like it would be a bad fit. Moving's the well, worst. Well, you know, Two Harbors yeah. has a new tap room. You could have oh. gone up there and hung yeah, out. Yeah, I Could have gone to Castle Danger. Could have gone to Ben Paddle. Could have gone Castle this anywhere. You know what? They'll be there next year. Well, yeah. they might not be there next year. Some of them will be. They'll probably be there. Most uh, tap rooms will still be around a year from now. Some of them won't, but... I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Me and on Saturday, me and brother Dave are going to try to go to the Twins game and the Saints game. That ought to be fun. Oh, yeah. oh. Train. Train. oh yep. big city, big city, big city feels. I got feels. I got to stop by the grocery store tomorrow and get some French bread because I think I'm going to need it. Yeah, Maybe get a train. long black scarf and a red and white striped yep. T-shirt, <laughs> just like Waldo, <laughs> of course. Yep, celery fronds. Sticking out the top of your reusable grocery bag. A cigarette holder. French bread. The train uniform. White loafers. (laughs) Three-quarter pants. Prematurely graying hair. (laughs) Probably have that anyway. Yeah, you do. You do. So are you taking the train or not? I think probably. 
Are you parking at I the... Don't... Who's first? Twins, then Saints? Other way around. Uh, the Twins are in the afternoon, the Saints are in the evening. We don't actually have Saints tickets, so there's every chance that we'll just take like Uber to the Red Cow and just get drunk there after the Twins game instead. Yep. Okay. But, hey, that's not a bad day. Yep. That's, that's still a, a good day. Pretty good consolation prize. I think so. Yeah. But I agree. The plan is to try to do both. That sounds well, very be a exciting. Fun day. I hope it works out for you. I hope the rain holds off. For all of It'll rain all day and both games will get canceled. Sounds like a pretty good weekend. I'm going to be installing a door on the side of my garage. Nice. Yep. Nice. Like, is, who, who doesn't love a good service door? <laughs> well, what, what are you going to do with the other 23 and a half hours of your day? Oh, that's good. That's funny. Yeah. Now I'm transferring well, no, I'm transferring a door from one side of my garage to the other side of my garage. So it, it's a little bit of a process to reside half of your garage, but Wait, um, that's what you're doing. You're not just like put taking out an old door and putting in a new door. You are moving it. I am moving a door from one side of my garage to the other side of my garage. So yes, Holy I have to re- I have to reframe and reside one side of it you? and repaint it. I don't know. You, just what I just, feel like doing. Just to back up, so, so we're all on the same page. You know, you could just park on the other side of the garage. Right? <laughs> I put a, I, we put a deck in, so the the door to our garage oh, is oh, now nice. doesn't. Does, <laughs> must be nice having oh, uh, some fucking level planks in your backyard to sit on. Must yeah, must be nice. <laughs> Must be a la di da, huh? Must be rough. Yeah, anyway. It's the time of my life where I'm just doing, like, yeah. Just doing just manual labor every weekend. Uh, Well, that sounds like fun. Sure. It'll be a learning experience. I'll be able to pay it forward someday with some young bucks who need some help, and I'll say, yeah, I've I've done that. I got you. I'll be just like you, Clarence, in five years. What are you going to do with the other 23 and a half hours? Well, I thought you were just taking out an old door and putting in a new door. No, Not, like, actually, that would be that actually would be really quick. Holy You're right. No, mine's a holy crap. I have no. to legitimately uh, right. skill saw the side of that's, my garage. That's a, that's a full weekend right there. Yeah, we'll see. Can it's I already you, framed. It shouldn't take too long. Can I give you one piece of advice about this? Shoot. So you know the part where you put the new door in and then you take the spray can insulation and you're just going to spray it around the edges. Uh huh. And on the can of that spray phone insulation, it says, be sure and wear gloves or something to protect your hands. It says it in, like, 16 different places. And if you're me and you're putting in a door, you just ignore that because you're like, yeah, they just say that. It's They like, have to because the government. Don't drink battery acid when you got battery acid and you're working with that. Which is a lie. It's just one of those things they have to put on the can. Yeah. They're actually serious about that. It will get on your hands and there is no way to get it off. Except by taking a pocket knife and scraping it off your hands. That's your only solution. That's good. That's a good pro tip right there. Yeah, I. That was a long couple of days of scraping insulation off my hands. <laughs> I wouldn't look great in a meeting when I'm presenting my powerpoints to just have door John, door you goo. Look like you got some sort of skin disease going there, and I'd like to know what it is in case it's catching. Why are you wearing is gloves in a meeting? I'm just cold. It's chilly. <laughs> Guys, I'm fancy. I wear white gloves to meetings now. That's pretty good. It's a good power move. Um, well, now that we've covered now that we've covered our weekend, should we just be done? Should we talk about uh, how much we love Neil Young? Oh no, we already did that before Clarence got here. Let's be done. <laughs> 
You can find out what happened later, Clarence. How much you love what? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Forget it. <laughs> Neil Neil Young Clarence. He you never heard of him. Oh. You've never heard of him. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Your appearance on here implicitly means that you agree with everything that we said before you got on. That's you know the rules. <laughs> you endorse. That's the rule. Well, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. It doesn't at all. It doesn't. It's bad news. It's bad at that. <laughs> all right, that's enough. That's uh, that'll do. This uh, has been episode 110 of the Sports Gutter, presented by the Ass Family. We are the Ass Family, saying good night. Yeah. This is John Ass signing off. <laughs> Neil Young, like the Ramon. Ass. Did you see my blood, son? And what did you see, my darling young one? I saw a newborn baby with wild wolves all around it. I saw a highway of diamonds with nobody on it. I saw a black branch with blood that kept dripping I saw a room full of men with their hammers a-bleeding I saw a white ladder all covered with water I saw 10,000 talkers whose tongues were all broken so guns and sharp swords in the hands of young children And it's hard, it's hard, it's hard And it's hard, it's hard rain They're gonna fall hey, What did you hear, my blue-eyed son? And what did you hear, my darling young one? I heard the sound of a thunder that roared out a warning. I heard the roar of a wave that could drown the whole world. I heard 100 drummers whose hands were ablazing. I heard 10,000 whispering and nobody listening I heard one person starve, I heard many people laughing I heard the song of a poet who died in the gutter I heard the sound of a clown who cried in the alley And it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard It's a hard, it's a hard rains are gonna fall Oh, what did you meet, my blue-eyed son? And who did you meet, my darling young one? I met a young child beside a dead pony I met a white man who walked a black dog I met a young woman whose body was burning 
dark forest where the people are many and their hands are all empty where the pellets of poison are flooding their waters where the home in the valley meets the damp dirty prison and the executioner's face is always well hidden Where hunger is ugly, where the souls are forgotten Where black is the color, where none is the number And I'll tell it and speak it and think it and breathe it And reflect from the mountains so all souls can see it And I'll stand on the ocean until I start sinking But I'll know my song well before I start singing And it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard And it's a hard, it's a hard rains are gonna fall Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.